Yes, we are live for the Derby della Madonnina review right here on the Calcio Connection podcast. Connecting with you, Italian football fans from all over the world. I'm a little bit outnumbered here because below me here on the panel, uh, we have two of our favorites, uh, hosts of the Serie A sit down. They are Milanisti, though. And then Jerry Mancini, he used to be an undercover Interista. But he has completely <laughs> turned, he's turned his back on his father, who's an Interista. He has turned his back on people like Uncle Sharma and me, uh, Rocky Bobby, like people who we embraced. We welcomed Jerry in ever since Lazio pulled that bullshit lack of sportsmanship thing last month. And Jerry got a little bit attacked online. Jerry has completely turned his back on the Inter fan base and he is he is now anti-Inter. So I am I am outnumbered here on the panel. Once again, I will I will attempt to hold my own. Now, nobody has bragging rights, though, on this episode, because uh, at the end of, uh, of the first uh, Milan derby of the season, uh, they come away with a 1-1 draw, like kissing your sister. Although I, I do think, uh, and, and maybe you guys feel differently, I'll introduce our guests in a second, uh, I certainly think uh, Inter needed the three points more than Milan did. So from that standpoint, I, I kind of look at the draw as at least a slightly more favorable result to Milan. I know they would have loved to have catapulted Napoli for sole possession of first place, but they do still keep Inter seven points uh, off the uh, off the pace for first place, and Inter did not gain any ground on either Milan or Napoli. So uh, I, I think the draw suited Milan a little bit better from a point standpoint. But let me introduce our guest. Let me introduce the man we haven't seen in a little while first, our good friend Frank Cravello, host of the Serie A, co-host, uh, to be fair, of the Serie A sit-down podcast. I know this man's been keeping very busy, coaching, working his ass off. Frank, welcome back. How are you? Oh, man, it's, it's great to be back. Good to, good to have a chance to chat a little Calcio with you guys. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Jerry, how are you, bro? I have this Edmonton Oilers game in the background, so I'm right now not doing well because they're losing. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, I'm fine. I can't cannot complain. <laughs> hey, right, have, maybe that. if we can keep Jerry distracted enough by the Oilers, he's not going to gang up on me with his anti-Inter propaganda. Well, so I, I better odds I, here. Hey, I have it, I Inter have, cheated. So at the end of the day, there's no sportsmanship. But Inter cheated. Jerry, I have um, I have uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Duncan Keith in my uh, DraftKings lineup tonight, so I would appreciate if you're if, if at least they come through. I can't believe they, they scored it's, six goals on Friday. Today they can't even score it's, one. It's Detroit for God's sake! <laughs> oh my God, it's 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 pathetic. But yeah, as for Inter, I think the, the winner in a way is Lazio because there are four points. No, seriously. I, I think I think I was listening to Frank's podcast today. I uh-huh. said uh, I sit down and I'm thinking here, the winner is Lazio. I know the season's young, and I and I know that Richard has always talked about. Sorry, Frank has said that the verdict is still out there about Lazio. You don't know what you're getting. One week they look amazing. One week they look they look really bad. Now, given the fact that, yeah. There we go. Uh, anyways, the, given the fact that they're only four points back of Inter, four in third place, one point back of Atalanta in fourth, mm-hmm. I think the fact that Retiro has really helped that team and has really kind of given them a new identity and, and, and so maybe some off the field kind of bonding needed was needed. And the way they're playing and the way that Inter has played, they're not that. They haven't been great under Inzaghi. Atalanta has been inconsistent, given the fact there has been injuries to to them. I think Lazio sitting in the background, it, it, it's it's benefiting them. And you know what? As the season progresses and things start to get better, this this result can really come into hand in the long term because two drop points there from Inter is massive for in Lazio's point of view because they're not going to catch Mila let's be realistic but I think that with Inter's kind of transition under Inzaghi maybe maybe this does benefit them a little bit and 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 I, and I think that with Luis Alberto starting to get that groove he's found that midfield with Cataldi um there's kind of that blend of, of that starting 11 where he's kind of got it down whereas Inzaghi's still trying to figure out what really works best for him so I don't know maybe you guys know I, and I know this is a this is the uh, the derby for Inter and, and, and Milan here, but I, I just have to pick your brain because it because you, you said no one walked away as a winner, but on the outside, I'm on the outside saying, hey, hey, hold on, hey, 
I, I, I'm happy with this result. I'll take I'm it. sure. I'm sure Napoli are happy with it. Atalanta happy with it, and Lazio as well. It's, it's fair. Well, let me introduce uh, the other half of the Serie A sit down. This is, of course, an epic crossover here between the Calcio connection and the Serie A sit down. A man who, honestly, I need to commission him to design a logo for me because he, he like his logo. Honestly, this, this is better than the swoosh. This is better than that the Tiger Woods thing. Like it's epic. Richard Carmen, Mister RK, how you doing, sir? Doing well. You know, I should be upset. It took you five and a half minutes to introduce me, but it just gives me more time to brand my women's clothing logo here with Kate Hudson here. So yeah. I'm happy about it. Let me put my camera on here. So. Thank you for having me on. Glad to be back on, as always. Uh, how are you gentlemen doing? Good. And you know why it took five and a half minutes to introduce you is because Jerry Mancini has this epic talent where you could be talking about how the weather is outside, and he's going to find a way to bring it to Saturday in Lazio. Like, oh, you know what? It's, it's raining outside. You know what? It was raining on the second day of the Retiro when, when Saudi was rallying. Shout out to Mass in the chat, too. I see you there. I love it. I love it. So uh, I, I want to get uh, I, I want to get uh, Frank and Richard's point of view from more of a of a Milan perspective on this one one draw. Of course, I want to get Jerry's perspective as more of the neutral. And like Jerry mentioned, as a, as a Laziale, he's feasting with both of these teams, especially Inter, because that's the team they're closer to dropping points in this one. Uh, you know, for me, uh, there, there's obviously a, a sense of, of disappointment uh, not to get more out of this game. And Milan can probably say the same thing because both sides wanted to win. Both sides played like they were trying to win. Uh, but from an Inter point of view, the chances missed, especially by Lautaro Martinez, who we've talked about it so much on this pod. He's very inconsistent. Um, you know, there, there are certain times where Lautaro has put in unbelievable performances against some of the best teams in the world. Uh, so you kind of view maybe this is a big game player. I know Uncle Sharma was talking about this in his match recap that, you know, he views uh, Lautaro maybe up until yesterday as a big game player. But Lautaro to me, not and I'm not even just talking about missing the penalty kick because he missed a couple of tremendous chances from open play as well that he really should have buried them for the amount of money that dude is making and for the amount of worldwide prestige that he has. So I, I was very disappointed with his performance and not being more decisive. Even if you're going to miss that PK and uh, Tiramisu made a nice save on that penalty kick, even if you're going to miss that, he could have had chances from open play as well. You know, Barella missed a tremendous chance. Uh, oh man, Arturo Vidal in the second half had a, had a wonderful chance. Uh, Milan did well. To, I think it was Tomori uh, blocking his shots did incredibly well in that instance or uh, so it was it was disappointing from that standpoint um and as i mentioned at the top uh inter really they they needed three points i mean obviously there's still a lot of season left and a seven point gap can be made up it can be made up but you know to to get three points in that game would have been absolutely massive on from a positive point of view a guy that I finally get to give some credit here on this show because he's mostly been bad <laughs> this year, and I know my Milanisti know about that. Hakan Chalhanolu played a really good match, and it's not too surprising because you knew if there was going to be one fixture where this guy's going to be extra motivated, it would be a Milan derby. He did actually score on a penalty kick, unlike Lautaro, and uh, it, it was pretty lively throughout the match. Keep in mind, guys, we have to grade Hakan on the curve because he's usually so poor that anytime Hakan shows up and plays well, it's like, all right, all right, I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh, but at the end of the day, a 1-1 draw. We'll get into some of the finer points. Uh, Frank, let me let me go to you first. Um, from a Milan point of view, because I, I mentioned to you guys from my Inter perspective, uh, you know, with the way that the match went, and both sides had their moments, right? I mean, Inter had a bunch of chances within the final ten or five or ten minutes of the first half, and then for about the first half hour, 35 minutes of the second half. Milan started the match really strong, finished the match really strong. So both sides had their moments. Uh, I mean, how how regretful or disappointed are you not to get more out of that game than a point? Um, I probably, you know, and I said this on our podcast, I, I come away feeling ever so slightly on the lucky side that Milan got out of there with a point. Um, I thought that... I mean, you take a look at the match statistically, it was balanced, but it, it it had ebbs and flows to it. There were points where Milan were stronger, then there were points where Inter were stronger. Inter clearly, over the last five minutes of the first half, looked like they were going to go ahead before halftime. They had a ball, uh, uh, the chance 
that was I think it was Barella's chance that was cleared off the line. Uh, you you mentioned Lataro, he missed a chance in there that normally he scores. Um, you know, so you're you're coming out of there happy to get out of there one one, and then you start the second half, and I felt like it, I I just felt like Inter were just on repeat taking corners uh, mm-hmm. over the first fifteen minutes of the second half. Milan just could not you know, defend those successfully and, and get a counterattack started. So you know, Inter put them under a lot of pressure. Um, it's when the substitutes happened uh, that the game flipped and started to get back into Milan's favor. Pioli's substitutions were tactical. Inzaghi's substitutions were forced because of right. injuries. Inzaghi couldn't make the adjustments that he wanted to make. He was forced into a setup at the end of the game where he had Correa and Alexis Sanchez. So you don't have that striker up front you got two guys and you're taking your chances on hoping these guys can pull apart Kiara and Tamori uh in the counterattack. and Inter never got a chance to get that going to see if it would work so it, it's not that it failed they just it never had a chance uh and that's because of the pressure that Milan was able to keep putting Inter under and you and one of the other four substitutions Dumfries coming on for Darmian Milan saw that right away and said we're, we're attacking that side. I mean, and they went to Rebic a lot. And he said, Dumfries is clearly a liability. He's got to learn how to defend better in this league. He will. I mean, playing in Serie A, you're just that's, – that's an area of your game you're going to get better at. Um, and the only issue with Milan was that there wasn't anything clear cut out of all of that possession. So I can't say that they should have gone on and won the game. The only chance right. was the one from Salamakers. Um, that hit the post, and then Kessie had the chance to, you know, to score on the rebound and missed. It it happens. So it, it was one one was fair for me. I know that there's a lot of Milan fans that were complaining about the officiating and the penalty calls, and, and we'll some, get into that. Believe me, uh, sure, we will. and we'll talk about that. But I don't look at that. I you know I I don't look at that in the grand scheme of things, I look at it as I think that Inter were slightly better. I think that Milan were slightly lucky to get up into the end. One, one was fair. Richard, what about you? Big takeaways from the match. And, and we'll, we'll say, we'll save the refereeing for the other side. Cause I do want to get into that as well on a separate note. Sure. Yeah. Um, interesting game overall. It's it very entertaining, right? Uh, I think, you know, it's funny hearing your, your take from the Inter side on Martinez. Cause I thought he actually played a very good game. He missed yeah. his chances hundred percent. Yeah, uh, he, I mean, it could have been 4-1 Inter at halftime, and, you know, he missed a couple other opportunities in the second half. Well, and, and just to clarify that, like, my, my point of view is, and, like, I, I know that he, he can do a lot outside of scoring, but when you're paid the big bucks and it's a big match like that, a derby, you know, you, you've got to score. Like, you're you're in yeah. a two-striker no, system. Fair. Like, you to me, that's you fair. have to score, especially when you get an opportunity like a penalty kick because you're not going to get, you know, too many better chances than that yeah. one, and you can't even bury that. And to be fair, his pass is the one that uh, unlocked Darmian for that that caused that second penalty. So that's I mean, right. yeah, I, I thought he was decent in the game. I thought he was better than uh, the Satan that's on your team. But uh, overall, good game. I thought you know, Inter, you guys did a very good job of as more chaotic it got, the more it seemed to favor Inter. And I think Inter were starting to get really strong at the end of the game. And like Frank said, injuries started taking their toll and it kind of flipped the script. But uh, I thought Inzaghi outmanaged Pioli in this one, honestly. Uh, and so overall, good game. I don't think the the point hurts either team. Like you said, Inter probably would have won those three points. Um, I know Milan would have won the three points one just to get over on their cousins, but also to try to take the lead over on Napoli. But maybe that's a good thing they didn't take the lead yet, right? So um, yeah, it was a it was a fun game for I think for Inter, Milan, and neutrals. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, and and I'll, I'll let both of you get in on this, and then Jerry as well. Uh, I think the thing that actually surprised me most about this match and it's not to say that he was terrible but I thought he was uncharacteristically quiet uh, I I would have bet my mortgage thank God I didn't before that game on Zlatan scoring at least once and he he was uh, and I don't know if, if you thought it was inter keeping him in check or Zlatan just being quiet because I didn't really know what to make on that I, I thought he would be more decisive in this game I think that it was very easy for inter to keep Zlatan in check and that's not really a, a product of how Zlatan performed. I think that's a product of what was available to Milan and how they lined up. Um, when Milan are at full strength, you have Teo Hernandez coming down the left-hand side and bombing forward, um, making penetrating runs. They can tend to unbalance. They can tend to unlock defenders. And that takes some attention away from Zlatan where now he can be played in 
as an example. So, you know, Inter are not going to show the same respect to Fode Balotore uh, that they would show to Teo Hernandez. So that's part one. They went with a system where Brahim Diaz plays on the right instead of his normal 10 position. And I understand why Pioli went for it. You have to ask a question in a game like this. Where can my dangerous player be dangerous? Um, and the answer is probably not in a 10 role with Brozovic there um, and with that back three. I think it would have been a bigger challenge. So Pioli's theory is put him on the right, keep him high, and find him in some of those pockets that are going to sit between Perisic and Bastoni where he can cause some problems. Calabria is not going to come. Let him absorb whatever Perisic does coming forward. Um, so you, there was – you don't – as a result, you don't have as much width as you normally see with Milan. Leo, Leo was disappointing in this game too. Um, and as a result, Inter sees that and they said, well, we can just sit. We can take passing lanes away from where Ibra's making his runs. We can make Milan go side to side a lot with their with their possession and not get anything penetrating. And a lot of that was going on, especially in the first 20 minutes of the game. So Inter Zlatan's ineffectiveness was a product of the lineup that Pioli put out there and Inter's a, Inter seeing that and saying, hey, we can just crowd around Ibra and, and pretty much take him out of the game. Yeah, uh, Jerry, I, I want to bring you in as well. And and your perspective, I mean, if, if anybody were to accuse me, Frank or Richard on bias from either side, uh, you know, I, I think Jerry might be the most biased person here because he hates Inter now. But I, I will, I do want to get the, the quote unquote uh, impartial analysis from you. Well, what did you think? And, and and hold on to the officiating because we'll get into that after after this. But what did you think of the match as a whole? Well, I thought the bulk of the chance. I, at first, I thought that it was a balanced game, but. I know it's just the replays and you watch the condensed version as well, but the bulk of the chances really did come from Inter. Like, yeah, I don't know how they didn't score a second goal in this game. I really don't know. Um, I thought aside from not being clinical enough, Milan were a little unfortunate to not win this game. Um, that's a penalty. I'm going to go right at it. And I, sorry, it's not a penalty. I apologize. It's not a penalty. Um, the fact that I'm, I'm still, I watched that replay a hundred times and, and, and I don't know how you don't think that when, when, uh, Tamori, sorry, not tomorrow, when, uh, Haka makes the initial contact on, on his leg, he, he puts him in the position and, and, uh, and I, truly feel this he puts him in a position to trip him like he he initiates the contact so i don't understand how it's not hakan making the he he, he initiates he starts it he makes him lose his balance and, and in the process yeah i understand that he should have kicked the ball away or whatever he should have done and he held it too long at the end it's easy to say that when you're a football player sometimes you overthink things sometimes you're trying to get around you got to be in that situation to, to understand what the player is thinking too, right? He, he, he doesn't just throw his foot in there and, and tries to trip Hakan. Like it's just, it, it's, it's so bad. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I think the Tamori challenge, obviously day and night clear. That's absolutely a penalty, but yeah, Stonewall, that one Stonewall, hundred percent. Sure. But with Kessier, I think it's, 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 um, not clear and indecisive like for me it's just it's not there but yeah you're saying you're saying the second one was a stonewall penalty yeah yeah i thought the one that was called was. on tamori yeah. on darmian i thought was for sure yeah i thought that, he goes or that was uh that was, it was no, bello, bello was oh, it was bello yeah, bello yeah it was right. bello oh, my apologies bello i thought that was yeah. for some reason i thought that was tomorrow yeah. okay. i thought i thought you guys watched the game <laughs> <laughs> No comment on that one. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm talking about. No comment. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, overall, um, I was writing during the first half, to be honest. I was right up in the last two games. I did catch the second half more. And uh, I thought the last 20 minutes was all Milan. And and then Frank really said, practiced down really well on his pod as well. With, I sit down with uh, Richard here. The last 20 minutes, the transition in the game really changed it, and, and he's right. The, the substitutions really made a difference for Milan. Um, Inzaghi waited too long to bring on Korea, and yeah. 
he, he just he, he just <laughs> yeah see so yeah, they do need to go on to retire you're right but i thought that inzaghi does it again he waits too long to make his substitutions korea at that point when he comes in the game um the game has tilted it's yeah. gone to milan's hand and when he comes in the momentum's not there they don't have that balance they don't have that that, that compact yeah, like frank another good point frank said was that milan were really out of this game for 70 minutes they defended well they defended very well but inter really kept possession we're really controlling the play and and when they get into the final third though with inter it was the issue was that milan did enough to 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 prevent them from scoring and tomori had a great game yeah he had a fantastic game um that that's that's a hundred percent. But like Tonali was another great player. I thought that he really stood out. Yeah, he was excellent. And, and this sure. guy's really matured a lot, like day and night. It, it's I crazy. Think, yeah, T- Tonali and Tomori were definitely Milan's best players. And I think that you could, if you if you take away that for everything that happened leading up to that first penalty, Kessie played pretty well too. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, he. You know, sometimes you you have an incident that just kind of overshadows everything else you do in a match. So. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I looked at the entire body of the work and thought that Kessie was fine. Richard, are you going to say anything? Oh, I, I want to get. I mean, since they're for them to call me, I was waiting for them to call. Oh, no, 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 hold on, I want to give a shout to, to to Frank as well. I actually listened to Frank today, like, and he and he, and he said another good point about Kessie missing the shot. And and I first when I looked at it, I was like, that's a bad miss, wide open net. But when 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 Frank really talks about it, it it's it's true. In, in hindsight, you're like, yeah, it's a bad miss. But when you really look at it again, the 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 reaction is, is if he does actually take an extra step, the goalkeeper gets into position and he, and he has a very good chance of stopping it. So he has to make that shot on it on a really quick instinct because yep. because if he sets in, he gets the time. He giving a goalkeeper time to get back in. And Danovich, even though he's 65 years old. <laughs> probably probably gets there, but I think that's another great point he actually pointed out that I, that I actually was really good. So I want to get uh, well. I'll start with Richard on this uh, because we we've avoided uh, the the logo for way too long here uh, on the uh, on the penalty call specifically the first one because obviously the uh, the second one on Balotore was was more clear than the first one on on Cassie. Uh Now to me, it's like. And yeah, I do have the the blue and black colored glasses on. I, I was not surprised that they confirmed it upon replay. And part of the reason for that is that's one of those calls to me where it's hard to overturn it. That maybe if they if they had said no penalty live action, maybe they would not have overturned that call. The fact that they did say penalty, they didn't overturn it. Uh, I actually thought that uh, in Jerry's explanation, you worded it very well when you said. Um, Hakan initiates contact because that I think that's the right way to word that because I've seen other people saying that oh Hakan fouled Cassie first before he went over I don't think that's accurate because I think that was shoulder to shoulder uh, I, I don't think you would call a foul on that in a normal situation but that did cause Cassie to lose the balance and then the leg was clumsy that got into his uh, that got into the step to trip Hakan and bring up the pen so it's 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 very close and. Guys, it's reached the point where um, since I watch Serie A every weekend, I'm starting to forget what's a penalty and what's not because, you know, we, with the it way these the officials set precedence on calls uh, from one week to the next, I can't be sure what's going to be called a pen and what won't be called a pen. Uh, so uh, I, I I do err onto the side of that being a pen, but I do, I do understand that if they had called that either way on the field, they probably wouldn't have overturned it. So, Richard, I'll start with you. What did you think about that call? Well, first, I would just look it up the definition of Stonewall. And nowhere does it say it's close in a 50-50 chance in it. Um, I've seen many of my friends, both Milanisti, Interisti, and all kinds of supporters say it's a Stonewall penalties, both of them. Neither are Stonewall penalties, in my opinion. Uh, let's start with Hakan's play, right? You're right. I think the wording is correct. It wasn't fouled. I thought it was a no 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 foul on the play, period. What mm-hmm. it was is you had Jekko, great pressure by him to force Kessie to run like and high like a girl or I don't know what the hell he was doing. Hakan pounces on him like he should. And what you see is Hakan stick his leg in front of Kessie, make him lose the balance. Kessie, knowing he's going down, tries to be smart, which he's not, and clearly fouls uh, Hot Chalanolu. 
it should have been it should be incidental contact, shoulder to shoulder, whatever you want to call it. Play should have continued. Let yeah. VAR decide to go back. Because right. they call penalties, you, you go to VAR, all they have to VAR can do is check for clear and obvious error. And there was no clear and obvious error because it was just up to the referee at that point. If the referee called nothing, you go to VAR, you can call a penalty or you can call not. And I guess when they look the replay, depending on who the VAR does, they would say, you know, yes or no. But I don't think it was a penalty on that play. I think Hakan initiated the contact, as you said, uh, and Jerry said as well. His leg clearly gets in front of Kessie, loses his balance. Kessie tries to make up for it and takes out uh, Chalanolo. And yes, that's a foul, but it should have been no no call all, all the way around. They're stupid by Kessie no matter what. Shouldn't have put himself in that fucking position. <laughs> it, it, was it happens, yeah, though, Matt. It happens, but sometimes when you're in that situation, like it's a split second. Like it, it, Sometimes you overthink it. You're trying to do too much or who knows, man. Like it, 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 It's a football play that one, one – It's a derby. Let them play. No, I know, but I, I, I know how many people are mad at Kessie for what happened in that situation. But like, it happens. These plays happen to the best players as well. Like it, it, it happens, and I think that it should in the defensive zone. It shouldn't in the defensive it zone. But hold on. But are, are are people really that mad at Kessie about that, or are they more mad about his contract situation? Because I think the two of those things can kind of become one in the no, same. No, no, I'm Maybe mad about you're, that. You're, you're you're more rash to criticize somebody when they're in yeah. that kind of a position. Sure, but he's anybody in that position. I think what you should be mad at. It's it's a bonehead yeah. play. You going back in defense and then lose the ball in your own zone trying to. I'll muscle two players. I'm like, that's stupid. That's stupid. Yeah. Yes, the contract is ridiculous as well, but yeah. um, you can compare him to Barella all you want. Barella is making half of what he's requesting. I was like, come on now. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Frank? Um, first ones are coming together. Uh, no more. Yeah. Second one, I have a different perspective about it, and I explained this on the podcast on Sunday. I said, yeah, you know, the question that you should ask, and I think the question, in my opinion, the question the referees need to ask is um, the is the offending player establishing an unfair advantage in winning the ball, or is he winning the ball? And then the after effect is where the physical contact happens, or or, or whatever you want to say. So Balotore appears to get the ball first. Okay, he appears to get his foot on the ball, and in the after action of that, he goes through Darmian. Mm-hmm. Okay, but he doesn't go through Darmion in a violent fashion. He's sliding. He's getting a foot to the ball, which he does. And then he goes through Darmion. That's that seems to be the sequence of what happened. And the precedent is, only, you know, and I said this on, on my our podcast, the precedent was just a few few hours earlier when I was watching the Everton Tottenham game. Very, re- very relatively similar situation happened there where there's a ball in the penalty area. Loris is coming out. Richarlison's going for it. Loris gets a glove to the ball. And moves it away, and in the in the process afterward, it charges into Richarlison and brings Richarlison down. Initially, the referee gives a penalty. It goes to VAR. VAR overturns it. So they they looked at it and said, "Yeah, he got the ball first. That's correct." So my opinion is, is if you're not creating an unfair advantage to win the ball, or you are not defending in a violent fashion, like. Bellatory studs weren't up or anything like that. I personally, that for those reasons and from what I saw from that Everton Tottenham incident, I don't think that was a penalty either. You know, just by looking, just by kind of making a comparison to that incident. You know, again, now I'm wearing red and black glasses too. So, you know, I could understand if somebody else wants to take a look at it and say, okay, fine. Yeah, it was a penalty. But that's, you know, for me, Bellatory got enough of the ball for me, goes through Darmion after that. For me, it's a, for me, it's a one. Ta- it's a tackle one. It's. I would not have. I would not have called it. And if it was Bastoni doing it to Leao, I would have said no. Bastoni won the ball first. Went right through Leao. Leao's got a man up and deal with that. So, um, it's what it is. Uh, but you know, referee. Everybody's. It, everybody's going to interpret things differently, though. So. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, I want to show throw some shout outs to uh, the folks who are joining us here in the comments. My guy Ricky Buzz is here. Anthony Privitera, Priv Inter is in. Uh, make sure you check out his channel, Inter Worldwide. They do an awesome job. Uh, Lord Figo, the legend, the legend who walks among us. Lord Figo is in. And, uh, I see Mario's in the chat too. What's that? Mario's in the chat too. Oh, he is? I didn't even see Mario. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and ah. Gags, there we go. 
Why do uh, what is this? Why do Milan fans still think Tonali is like Pirlo? He's, he's, by by Milan fans, does he mean Inter? Because Milan fans don't think compare him to. We don't. We no, don't compare don't. him to Pirlo. No. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, I, but not Pirlo. And 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 Tonali, I, I don't know if that's necessarily a comment a commentary on how he's playing, more of just a player comp. But Tonali's having a fantastic year, right? And it's one of those things where, and Jerry and I talk about this a lot. Uh, all the grief that people gave him last season. Where he was, you know, adjusting to a big club at such a young age, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't write players off that quickly. Like, I, you know, I, I need to give it more than just a season to say, you know, this guy blows. And and I, I know that there were certain sentiments around that, trying to really discount Tonali, but he's obviously been very good. And and his his free kick effort that led to that goal was tremendous, and it was it was an unbelievable delivery. The the funny thing about that one was. Uh, I, I loved the way that, and, and fair play to Milan, it was, it, despite the fact that it was an own goal, it was such a nice delivery. But I love the way that Tomori wanted to make sure everybody thought that went off his head. Like, <laughs> w- wouldn't you know if it went off your head or it didn't go off your head because it didn't touch him? But he he celebrated just to make sure he wanted to get credited with that goal at a derby. Yeah. Yeah. He fooled us all. Well, Tonali yeah. earned his call, and, and Tonali earned his call up to Italy. I mean, I understand that there's some injuries and that yeah. sort of thing, but it is it is it's it's, it's still well deserved whether those uh, injuries exist in Italy's midfield or not. Oh, I, I, I want to say some of the bantering on Twitter made me laugh. Um, I noticed that Inter fans have been called out because they had their choreography of their trophy and like how they 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 did like their old banner thing, and then Milan. Did something for like the, the healthcare workers, the, the healthcare workers. Yeah, Let, let's be realistic here. If Milan had won the Scudetto and it was vice versa, I think I think they wouldn't be doing the, the, the first responders first. I think that they would be recognizing their first trophy in what a decade probably it's been. Um, I think it, it's funny how people are so fast to react on that. Um, I, 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 I do. Get I, it. Well, it's it's, like, it's, so it's, 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 the, it's the silliest argument because yeah. okay, like like I can look at it like the, the Milan Tifo honoring healthcare workers. That's great. awesome. Like it's yeah. it's fan. Like I'm so glad they did that. Yeah. But Inter I don't understand too. why Inter people was great are too. turning it into something where it's like, wait, yeah, we had a healthcare banner and you guys didn't, so you guys are morally bankrupt and we're awesome. But it's like, okay, <laughs> it's just, it, yeah, it's I, good because Inter have I honored healthcare workers before. Like it's not like Inter have said. Fuck the healthcare workers. We don't give a shit that they're saving people's lives, and now we hate them. We don't care. Like it's like a like, dude. Great on Milan for having an awesome tifo, and Inter did something different. Like it's not like they've never honored healthcare workers before. Yeah, both yeah. tifos are great. I'll yeah. tell you this. I'll tell you this. I I probably forget about the tifos from the once the referee blows the whistle to start the game. I forgot okay. that they even put up tifos. Yeah, to be honest. I mean, I, you know, that's just. That's just it. I mean, it's it's a it's a non-thing. Yeah, bravo to the Curva Sud, but it doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean that the Curva Nord are, are a miserable pack of assholes for celebrating their, their first Scudetto in, yeah, there are you other know, reasons. in yeah. you know, nearly 10 years. There's yeah. other reasons why the Curva Nord and Interisti are miserable assholes. Now, don't, don't, don't do it to them just because they wanted to put up their shiny trophy. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. I'm just saying... I just started laughing because I'm thinking, what about that to you, man? Like it's so contradicting and so bad. It's, but I, I have another question actually for all you guys. How did you feel about Hawkon's celebration? I, oh wow, I, I I'm in mix about it. I I'm mixed about it too. I'm mixed it's about not, it. Yeah, and I'll I'll say yeah. why. I I get where he's coming from. His his departure, I guess, wasn't the greatest. He said in his interview that the only person that really wanted him to stay was Stefano Pioli. No one else wanted him in the organization. I guess it was even the players. I don't know. We, we can only take from what he said. Now, you got to remember that as, as much as you, you don't like the players say, the fans have accepted you for six seasons, five seasons. However, he's been there. I don't know how long he's been there for. It's... When you're leaving, it's not really the players you're remembering; it's the fans you're remembering for what. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but Jerry, the the the, fa- the like, fans have done nothing but give the guy grief, like since really? he left. So that, that uh, like uh, I'm mixed on it because Frank. I yeah. love the celebration. I yeah. loved it. I hate him, but I love yeah. the celebration. I thought, you know, you if Ebro was in a situ- similar situation, I'd want him to do the same thing. I thought it was. Okay. A, I had thought he had balls for doing it. 
Yeah. I still don't like him, but I thought it was a. I, I like the celebration personally. Oh, Ibra's Ibra's done the same thing. I mean, yeah, he's, he's done that to the. He's, 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 he's played for every team in the world, and he celebrates against everybody. Yeah, I didn't care to be honest. I, okay. you know, it didn't, it didn't, didn't bother me. You know, I could also appreciate his need to let off some steam after everything that you know he went through and not getting the contract that he wanted to stay in Milan. And mm-hmm. I guess I didn't care because I like the ten we've got now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I want to tend to be multifaceted and Brian Diaz will run at people, you know, Hakan Chalanolu doesn't run at people. He likes to stay deep and pick passes, you know, and then as things develop, he will sneak into a dangerous position in the penalty area, you know, and get a shot off an open play. But otherwise he's very good on corners. He's very good on, on free kicks. You know, there's no question about that. But for me, I've, we've got to tend that, is multifaceted, can do a lot of dangerous things. I don't miss Hakan, so he can celebrate however he wants. It's not yeah. gonna, it's not gonna affect me. Yeah, I, I was just really curious. Well that's all. I was just curious because I don't. Again, you guys know his relationship, like with the club and the fans, better than I do. I don't really follow Milan extensively. Yeah. Um, it is ballsy. I agree, but I, I don't like the, the reaction about. The super like the, how they attacked about his wife or cheating. I don't know the, if there's a background story to that or if his wife actually did cheat on him. And like, I was this like, is, I mean, fans oh, are fans oh, and they're going to do it wow. for years. You go all the way back, you go all the way back to like, was it who was it? Was it when when Adebay, I, I remember Adebayor when he was playing oh, for Arsenal and Tottenham yeah. fans accusing his dad of washing elephants and 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 stuff. I mean, you give it's. It's and it doesn't matter the sport. You give a fan ammunition. You give a fan anything, and it's mm-hmm. ammunition, and they're going to take it to the game, and they're going to use it. When I was, you know, we were at UWM. I went to UW Milwaukee, and we had to play. We, this is the Bruce Pearl years. This was just shortly after I graduated, <laughs> and they had to play Wright State. And God bless this kid on Wright State. His last name was spelled K O C H. Cook, right? Well, guess what? The whole UWM student section called him cock. Okay, <laughs> and screamed at him. And he's he's waiting at the he's waiting at the scores table. He's waiting at the scores table to go into the game and and bless the UWM student section. They're going insert cock, insert cock, insert cock. And then they're ta- when they take them out of the game, when they sub them out, they're saying, "Don't pull out, don't pull out." I was like, and yeah, I I was in that student section helping that, but I just. Oh, uh, <laughs> But you know, oh. fans are gonna fans are gonna be fans, and they're gonna yeah. they're gonna come up with shit. It's it's you know, and and these athletes know what they're getting into. They're in the spotlight, and their role is to just it let it roll off their back. Yeah, I can say these things on your pod. I I keep my pod classy. So we say everything on this pod. <laughs> this, this, this pod is the gutter. Like we yeah. we are we are the gutter. <laughs> I curse only here. I only you curse everybody. Don't give shit. But hold on. I'm not sure if you answered the question. I apologize if I missed it. What was the question? Did his Were we talking about cock? Is he married and did he get cheated on? I don't know. How do we know? I don't don't get into the the TMZ side of athletes. I just don't. I I don't know if that was made up or not. not I I thought it was pretty interesting. That's all. But uh, I don't know, man. Like, what, gonna, what, what, like what, what really happened with Josip Ilicic a couple of years ago is stuff like this, yeah, and we, we can only hey, speculate. You. Tell Gags yeah. about Leo that he didn't miss the part where we talked about Leo because there's really nothing to talk about with him in this game. Yeah, so. I remember you mentioning Frank that uh, you you didn't think he, you didn't think he was good. It's funny because poor. again, like we we come from different perspectives because I I. I issued my disappointment with, with Lautaro and then Richard said like you know obviously he didn't score but Richard thought he was good and with Leao like I always have anticipation because I know how dangerous he is yeah. and he had some good moments on the ball but obviously the finishing wasn't there so mm-hmm. we kind of have the same point of view I thought Lautaro was trash and Richard's like well listen he you know he had a couple great passes he was dangerous and I, I felt kind of the same way about Leao like you always need to know where he is because he's very explosive and very dangerous on the ball. Amen. I, I um, love our guy. Uh, Chris is is bantering Jerry. Oh man, oh, man. Um, you know, and and something. Hey, did, uh, did Chris and Joe oh. Cappuccino get their pictures taken in the same place? I mean, look at this picture. It looks just like Joe Cappuccino. Is it the black and white? Yeah, I see that. <laughs> I'm surprised Joe Cappuccino hasn't changed his picture to either pineapple on pizza or just something from Lord of the Rings. That dude is what a nerd. He is obsessed with Lord of the Rings. Get a life. I think the I feel bad like, bantering him because I don't think he's actually watching this right now. But get a life. 
there's a big loss almost as much season. as uh, Inter celebrating their rings uh, this year, right? The trophy. <laughs> Hold on, but Alex, oh, you guys can a, celebrate. You guys can celebrate. There's a bigger loss in this game, eh, for Inter, and it's the fact that you lost Jacko. We don't know how long. Yeah, we don't know how Bar- long. But Barella's hurt, yeah. and and uh, Bastoni's hurt, and this is oh, yeah, this, right. this is the downfall with Inzaghi, where he oh, becomes no seriously. No, I know. It, no, go seriously, ahead, this, this is the downfall with Inzaghi, which happened at Lazio. And, 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 and I didn't expect it to happen at Inter yeah. for one reason. He's supposed to have bench players all of a sudden. We got Rinaldi on the bench. No, but at the end of the day, everyone says that Inter has more money than Lazio. Inter can spend. They can buy players. They have depth. They got they have this, more money. They, they also that. have more debt, a lot more debt. Yeah. <laughs> they do. I, I, that, but at the end of the day, even with debt, they still buy players compared to Lazio. They, yeah. start a, they have a... a a sporting director who's smart. That let's no no disrespect to Toddy. He's done some good things, but some bad things. Now you got three players who are hurt, and I think that Jekyll's been managed very poorly, very poorly because they ran this guy to the ground. It's not even halfway through the season, and now you're going to start to see injuries with this guy because he's. He just been, I, I think he's just been so good. It's hard to bench him, and also, yeah, also but, the thing is, like, also Jerry Jekyll's been really good. It's hard to bench him. Correa has been injured a lot. Alexis has been injured a lot, so they yeah. haven't had a lot of like you haven't you haven't had the luxury of being able to sit him and rotate Jekyll a lot. Hold on, but when you do have Correa healthy, you elect to take him off with. 20 minutes left in the game when he's playing so he, – he decides to score a brace. Let's take him off at the yeah. 70th okay, minute. Fair, Come fair on, enough. man. Like, where, where's the mentality there? Bastoni, let's play him every game. We'll just kill him. Let's just play Barola every game. Yeah, how often we, he rotates center backs, though? I mean – I know, but you, you get those – that's where when you play – And Bastoni's like 16 years old. He should no, be no, able no, to – No, no, I get that. But when you're playing those mid-table teams, lower-table teams, that's where Jekyll comes out. I remember Jekyll was playing a few games this season where they're inserting games where people are asking, why is Correa starting on the bench? Why is he not starting the game? You spend $33 million for a fucking player, okay? Yeah. Play his fucking ass. Excuse my language, okay? Play his, <laughs> play his ass. I'm sorry, man. Like, uh, and, 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 and I always get called out. Well, it, it, it's the sporting director who bought the player. It's not the coach's fault. Well, guess what? Last season, Nzagi wanted... Freaking uh, Mohamed Fares, for some reason, he stopped playing him. He wanted Korea now. He's not playing him. He wanted Dunsell Dumfries. He's not playing him in certain games where he should be playing to get adapted to the league. Like, you're writing your guys. He goes to the same 11. He did this with Lazio. He gets two. Uh, it's With Lazio, I'm, I'm surprised. I'll, I'm, I'm not trying to be biased. With sorry. And, and I was talking with Joseph from Fortson Napoli podcast, and he said a good point today. Maybe, maybe the fact that Luis Alberto not playing wasn't just the fact that he he couldn't play with Savage. Mm-hmm. Maybe the fact that he's managing his minutes because he needs Alberto in the long term this season. And, uh. and, and, and hold on, no, hold on. You brought Toma, Toma Basic in, right? He spent eight million dollars on a player of his caliber. He's supposed to be a good midfielder. He's a number 10. Alberto's never had a good backup. Let's be realistic. In the last five seasons, that he's been with last year, six seasons. What's his backup? You tell me. Because uh, Andrea Pereira, the guy got signed last year and played like five games because Inzaghi just wrote him off in two seconds. Yeah. Now you got a guy like Toma Basic who needs to get adapted to the lead. He needs to play. He needs to understand. You don't just let him on the bench. So you adapt him in. And, and, and Sarri's trying to get a feel for him too. So I, I think in a way, as much as Alberto didn't play as much at certain times, he, his legs are fresh. He he's healthy right now. And, and after the break, you got Juventus in Napoli, and you got a healthy Alberto who is starting to adapt to his team. And, and I think there are other issues, but I, I think a, a part of it was managing his minutes. A part of it was trying to get him to buy into Sari's system. And another part is just just allowing him to, to, to understand what is needed from him. So good on I'm sorry because he's rotated his players a little bit more than I expected. So I have a rebuttal for that comment about about Sari. So if we didn't know all the backstory between Sari and Luis Alberto, that sounds like a, a, fa- a fantastic plan. That's exactly what you should be doing. 
But I think we all know what happened between Sadi and Luis Alberto was the freaking fallout behind the thing. And Luis Alberto wanted to leave and they were fighting. And that's the real reason I think that Luis Alberto didn't play. It was more sorry being Mr. Machismo. I'm going to show you up, little kid. That's, this is my team, not your team. Um, but, it, but it ultimately worked because, like Jerry said, now he's got fresh legs. And now you got the big competitions coming up with these big teams. He'll be fresh for them. I mean, look at that nutmeg goal that you know Jerry tweeted the other day. Oh, that was yeah. a beautiful goal. That was awesome. Uh, and so now Luis Alberto, like much to Sarri's Char- chagrin, is healthy, no minutes against them, and he's just going to be ready to fly the rest of the season. So it kind of worked out the the piss fighting between them. But yeah, that's all, that's all the comment I made is that there was a real reason that wasn't saving his legs. It was really. Sorry, he was being a dick about everything. Or, I don't know. Maybe it's Luis Alberto. I don't know. It's not, it's not just sorry though. At the training camp, he showed up late. They, yeah, both of them. It's both of them for sure. It, yeah. I don't think it was initially sorry. I think that Alberto came in with the wrong attitude. I think That's he fair. was That's he fair. was mad. This is this is Alberto 2.0 guys. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't Vernzaghi and his other guy that he had there, Faris, Ferris saved his uh, his bacon how many times? Um, the history we know the history of of Alberto. It's not that sorry. Sorry knows that Savage and Alberto has to play together. He knows they're the two best midfielders in his team. He's not stupid. Why does I love he make how- those comments though. You know because he. he it, it, I think sometimes a manager is trying to address it in, in a very harsh way. They're, they're old school Italians. That's true. And, and their mentality is much different to what we think about football. You know what I mean? You tell your father. To change his ways, he lives in he still lives in the sixties or fifties. You know what I mean? Like my father, if I told my father to, to cut the meat a, a new way after thirty years, he'll tell me to go to go f myself. I feel you like people I mean? should know your father is a butcher, otherwise they're like cut them. Yeah, that's yeah. that's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> cut the meat, you know what I mean? Sausage, how to cure sausage? Let's say. Uh, but I'm just saying that sometimes every every manager has a different approach, and I think that. Sorry, said it perfect. I'm not here for the for the name on the back. I'm here for the name. I'm here for the logo. And, and he went tough at Alberto and said, Alberto, I will play you every game, but you got to do certain things to make right. your game improve. This is not three five two formation. This is four three three. You know, Sunzagi didn't want you playing defense. Well, guess what? You got to play defense on my team. And these are things that he's doing. And I thought the Retiro was was the best option, and it's really helped them because. Mm-hmm. The last four games, they've looked amazing. Um, Has it been that long since the Retiro? Four games yep. already. Wow. Four, but Time every, flies. Every game, they've looked better. Um, and Alberto started, I believe, in three of the four matches. All in City. Yeah. Like the, sometimes, it, maybe maybe Frank would, would agree with this. When you go, when you train every day, you're not really trying to build your 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 relationships with the players and in the manager and talking out your, your situations, you're there training to get the game better. Like you're focused on tactics and fitness and all that. Right. You're not, you're not really devoting enough time to, to, to do what you do in a material where players can discuss their issues. They can work it out. They can get closer and whatever it may be. So maybe that was a good thing. And it came at the right time after the way they played against Verona. Right. Well, you have to, I mean, in, in the case of Saudi now coming over to Lazio in a new system and, and a departure from 3-5-2 to his 4-3-3, you're right. And in, in a training and training environment's got to be created that implements your objectives, what you want to get out of matches tactically, what you want to get out of your training sessions. Um, you have to implement the culture that you expect um, from your players. Uh, because it's probably in all likelihood going to be different than what the, the way the previous manager did it. Um, but then there's a flip side of that coin. There's an urgency to get your players to be able to buy into that as quickly as possible so that you can be successful. And, you know, in the case of Luis Alberto, you know, maybe not everybody was sold. OK, mm-hmm. and, and, and maybe he was the one player that wasn't sold on on the changes. Um, and that, you know, to the point you do this retiro now where. You're with you're you're all together 24/7. The outside noise is not, you know, you're, they're not going home to their families and hearing this or being told that by their friends or any of this other stuff. Now it's okay. After training, what's there? You know, do, do I talk to some teammates and maybe that's it? Um, some of his teammates saying, "Hey, here's what you can do. Here's this. Here's that." Um. So, 
I can see where there was some benefit here with the retiro in the case of the relationship between Saudi and Luis Alberto. I get it. At the same, you know, Saudi also should take some responsibility that if this is one of his better players, I'm not saying that Saudi has to change the way he does things or he has to cater, you know, to anybody specifically. And to your point, he's there for the he's there for the logo. He's not for, he's not there for the name on the back. But he also still he has to create the environment to inspire everybody. Okay. Uh, you know, including your, you know, from your best players all the way down to the equipment manager. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, you know, and he seemed to have been able to be successful in doing that in everybody except Alberto and maybe one or two other players we don't know about because they're not as no, maybe not as noteworthy. So, yeah, I mean, that's the manager's responsibility when he's walking into an environment first and foremost, it's not to cater to the individual player. He has a, he has a plan to implement and the players who are being paid to be there have to buy, you know, have to buy into it as quickly as they can, or they're going to get frozen out. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and I, I like to like say one last thing actually. And uh, I forgot, I didn't have the chance to say this before. And Alex know where I'm going on this one. And I got a message from a player mm. A Lazio player where I did not expect this a to pri- come my way. Private message, a DM. A private message, DM. Oh. And of all players, it was Lucas Leva. Wow. And I didn't know I can trigger a player. And I think this is kind of sad on his it's, part. It's the blue check mark, bro. You are now and, all powerful. And in the, in the initial message is, well, well done, expert. You only know my name. <laughs> Leave me alone, man. And... I sent out a tweet uh, uh, during the halftime versus uh, Lazio between Lazio and Marseille, and I said that Lucas Leiva has to come off because he is not a regista. Okay, he is a he is a, a I'm gonna be honest a great CDM in the last four years with Lazio one very underrated. If you want to put him in a CDM role, double pivot, fine. He, he he does a good job in that situation defensively, one of the best. But as a regista man, the guy is not a playmaker. And and and, and as you as a player, take criticism, man. Understand you're 34 years old. You're not a spring chicken, man. Like 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 what the heck, man? You coming after me, me? Because of my opinion and the yeah, fact. Expert. That, yeah, that's what I said. I was like <laughs> me expert. I said, damn, I'm not an expert. I felt bad. He's a human being. I understand that. Yeah, but what you initially said wasn't even that offensive. offensive, It's it's not like you tweeted out. Like, you've tweeted way worse things about Murici before. Like, you eventually started to like him. But before you liked him, you didn't like him. But with Lucas Leva, like, basically all you said was he should have been taken off. Like, that's all. Like, if he's offended by that, he's soft. I if guarantee... he wants to come at me, he can come at me because you know what I'm going to do. That, I'm going to ignore that, his DM. So if you want that, to come at me, that, that, uh, that, 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 I, I'll say this about Lucas Leva: that slide into your DM is the most successful slide he's had in about the last three years. <laughs> There's one thing I, one thing I know for sure. One thing I know for sure: what Jerry said was probably nowhere near what offensive was. What Nemo probably said that got Wanda to direct message him. So, oh. yeah. well, that's when you know he made it. Well, I followed up with I felt bad, so I was like, you know what, this guy's having a bad day. He's human. I, I don't want to be a bully or anything. I, I even if I didn't say anything wrong, I'll be I'll take the high road. I apologized to him. I was like, yo, bro, uh, whatever. He follows up with another message, so I apologize. I'm like, whatever. I'll, I'll be the bigger person. It's it isn't the first time. You could prefer other players, but show some respect. But he stalks you. I was like, so after that, don't post have- videos of your hometown now. He'll stalk you. <laughs> So after Lu- that, Lu- Lu- Lucas Leva probably thinks that like Jerry is like a reporter, like uh, like Dimazio. Like he's like, oh, you know, you got your your big tra- your big experts out there. You got Dimazio, you got Jerry, you got Pedula. <laughs> he thinks you're right up there. Can I well, can I put out a PSA real quick, yeah, Lucas? If you're listening, Frank and I are big fans of you. Just come on our show, get your side of the story. Yeah. We'll talk about Jerry all you want. Just come on. <laughs> yeah, our- yeah, yeah come on over. <laughs> You'll be I like actually, every other. You'll be every. You'll be like every other non-Jerry Mancini guest. They all talk about him. <laughs> I asked him to come on the pod. No, no success. He said, "Better not at the moment." Thank you. Lucas Leva sits when he pees. <laughs> oh, that's getting a little personal. Oh, wow. No comment, man. I, I, 
I'm not gonna. You know what? Lucas Leva has some good derbies against uh, Roma and has put them in their place. So I, I wouldn't want to. Uh, I wouldn't shit on him in that way. But uh, at the end of the day, I looked at my timeline. I looked. I I, I said I put search Jerry Mancini, Lucas Leva, and I've been really critical of him in the last two three months, like really bad. But critical, like, not oh, mean, because you 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 showed oh, me some of the tweets you've written about no, him, and it's well, like, not mean, you know. but I've been very like. Like I am not like I said I'm not a biased like other than Cheeto and Mobley I am very biased I will not lie I am 100% biased about Cheeto and Mobley I the rest of Lazio I will be critical and say hey it's your time gotta go you know what I mean I'm not I'm not biased towards any of my players like I I I think that Savage is not the best midfielder this year I absolutely agree I I, I rank him probably fourth right now. Uh, I see Tenali's ahead of him right now. He's had a way better mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. than Savage. I will be honest. I only say he's the best midfielder because I'm a Lazio fan. So I'm always going to support Savage. And he has been in the past. Like there, there have been two or three years in the last half decade where he's been the best in the league. I, I'm, I'm biased because I, I, I'll support my players, but at the end of the day, he's not the best midfielder this year. I absolutely agree. Um, hmm. I think Tenali's top three. Uh, I think Barella has been better than Savage. Um, I don't know who else is. Gallardini. No. no. <laughs> hey, but how then, about my how about how about my boy Davide Fratesi? Uh, Locatelli's replacement over there at Sassuolo. He's balling now. Yeah. He now is. he's scoring goals. I I touted him from day one. I was like, hey, watch him in the first watch a match week one against Hellas Verona. Saw him play, and I was like, hey, Sassuolo got their money, and they were and, and they were right to, it, and they get this kid, and he might be just as good. So I love it. Hey, I want I want to do some thank yous and then wrap up this episode. I got to run. I think Richard has to run as well. Uh, so let me throw out some shout outs to the chat. My our guy Mass, thank you so much. And Mass is a very frequent guest on this program, and I love the fact that when he's not on, he's still in. So I love it. Thank you so much, Chris DeSantis. So another uh, he recently came on the show for the first time. Roma supporter, great to see you in there. Our guy Michael Lisi. It's it's I feel like it's been a minute. Lisi and I tweet each other quite a bit. It's nice to see you in the chat. Uh, George Rodriguez, thank you so much. Uh, Mario Galliano, thank you so much. Uh, Akbar Yuldoshev, uh, who we see in here frequently. I apologize if I if I butchered your name, but we always love when we see you here. Same. Oh, quick predictions. Yeah. Does Italy win Friday? Yes. God. I know. Yeah, they do win, but I. Okay. Why do we get international breaks every two weeks? This is driving me insane. So we can get breaks from podcasting. Yeah, Richard yeah. and I take we we take a break. <laughs> so it's true, actually. It's a good point, yeah. but yeah. It, it gives us time to, to rekindle with uh, City. I sit down. Won't you guys come back next week, man? We talk about uh, <laughs> we'll we could talk, talk about the We could talk about the Azuri if we want to come back on. By the way, Lisi's only on because he heard us talk about Hakan. He's like, "Oh wait, Hakan, what? Coming on?" Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he is obsessed. I love it. Uh, he's here I, for the he's he's here for the Hakan blast. Lisi always makes me laugh, and I do. I stalk his timeline because I know he tweets about Hakan three times a day, every single day. Yeah, (laughs) I. You know, it would be so funny if we got Leva sliding into Jerry's DMs. I would love it if Hakan, if Hakan slid into Lisi's DMs. It's like no, he he would block him first. He would block him first. Hakan is a block serial blocker on on Twitter. So oh, I'm not stopping the Lucas Leva banter now. I'll, I'll praise him in certain tweets, man, for his past. But the present, nah, man, he needs to know that. Uh, don't don't resign with Lazio this year. Um, <laughs> Diva's a free agent this summer. It was nice having you. You're done. Yeah. But uh, and a shout out to my boy Daniela Cotaldi. Call up to the Azuri, man. Hey, that's a victory lap for sorry. I'll give him that because Cotaldi was lost under Inzaghi. Threw him all in how many positions? Frank Paul, you can vouch that. Cataldi Wasn't it the three of us that said Cataldi oh. should start CDM instead of Lucas Leva, and it started to work now? I'm like, yeah. Man. I mean, on Italy, wow. he's there to on he, Italy, he's there to carry Jorginho's bags. Let's not kid each other here. Oh. <laughs> if he sees the pitch, yeah. I'll be stunned. So, oh yeah. no, yeah. you're right, you're right, Frank. But you know what? Just to just to get a call up and just yeah. to it's be huge. Fresh, yeah. It's huge. You know what I mean? Just to be there, that, yeah. that's a step in the right direction, man. Like Cataldi before the season never had a clear role with Lazio. Comes with sorry, and sorry is like, you know what? I'm gonna turn this another guy. And he, that's one thing sorry's done good with. He's always got every team he's been on, he's been able to transition a player or two into a really good player. Yeah. And I see Cataldi being the Jorginho 2.0, maybe, maybe. 
and I know I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but he's 25, 26 years old. You never know. You yeah. need it. You need a backup to Jorginho. Maybe Cataldi's that guy. Yeah. Um, as much as I love Inzaghi, he's never used Cataldi right, and maybe the fact that Cataldi just didn't work well in a three-five-two. That can and be he, it. And yeah. he's the and he's the, the the benefactor here, where a four-three-three is all of a sudden the guy yeah. he benefits now. And, and, and like we said earlier, Alberto and Savage are the kind of at a disadvantage. But now that he comes into the formation, it kind of benefits Alberto and Savage surprisingly, and they kind of work together. So we'll see what happens. But Pellegrini, Jorginho, Locatelli, that's the that's the only midfield on Friday. That's that's what I think Mancini – that's what Richard and I thought Mancini should roll with, hmm. with the yeah, injuries. Yeah. Pellegrini's out, though. But Ella no, he's in. Knock, no doubt. Oh, is he in? Yeah. I thought he was yeah. out. Oh, no, that's right. Vignolo's yeah. out. Ella and Verratti are out. Yeah, they're oh, out. Okay, okay, okay. But, Listen, uh, I, I want to send out a huge thank you to our guests. Whenever we can cross over with these guys, whether it's our show or their show, it's so much fun, man. And, and honestly, uh, you know, for, for my money, one of the top college show podcasts you will find, the Serie A sit down. So uh, I, I, don't, I don't know who I should uh, who I should give the honors to. I'll, I'll let you both plug your personal stuff. But which one of you wants to take the honors to tell people where they can find everything you do with the Serie A sit down? Frank's got the lungs. So I'll let him go. No, Richard, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, you can follow us anywhere at Syria Sit Down, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, obviously, we have a YouTube page. Well, maybe not obvious, but you should follow the YouTube page. We put lots of content out there, including the fan reactions, which uh, yes. both of you gentlemen are going to be helping us with. Yeah, uh, I still need to get a reaction to you. Yeah, uh, but no, uh, check us out there. Our podcast can be heard anywhere that you can hear Spotify, iHeartRadio. SoundCloud, I mean, you name it, we're there, Apple Podcasts. So, yeah, definitely give us a follow, and our handles are right here. So, definitely check us out. And uh, thank you, gentlemen, for letting us be on and uh, talking a little uh, fun here um, while we uh, – not so serious so often. You know, we're a little bit too serious in our in our podcast sometimes. So, <laughs> Man, it, it works for you. Everybody, everybody has their niche. I go to some pods, uh, whether it be sports or otherwise, that are super serious, some that are not at all serious. Uh, and, of course, for those watching, you can see – the Twitter handles, yeah, Pellegrini and, and Zaniolo both out. Okay, Thank you well, then I got to the rethink shout. that. Thank you for the shout from the Roma supporter who would know these things. So that's good stuff there. Uh, so yeah, you could see the Twitter. You could see the uh, uh, Chira also left. Uh, R R underscore Carmen for Richard. FTC underscore twenty one for Frank and Jerry at J Mancini eight. Let the people know if you're working on anything. On make sure you you look at Richard's beautiful logo. But Jerry, what about you? Anything to promote this week? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to make a logo like Richard does. You can find my stuff on Etsy, by the way. Mm. You know what, man? I'm so jealous of Richard because I wish I knew how to make these videos like he does and this, all these like cool. Like I see people making like the Laziale, Stephen Moore does a great job of, of like doing those graphics, and you guys do a great job with your videos. And here I am just writing away, making articles, like the, the generic stuff. And I'm like, buzz, man. Like, you got yeah, the check mark. I'm giving I'm giving the same shout out to Richard. I mean, I'm telling you this right now. Those videos, the you know, the technology, all that, it is all 100% Richard. I just show up for the podcast. Richard does an amazing uh, job. I'm basically writing a article on a chirpy with a, with the Azuri um, about how he's basically just won a euro after the career that the the the, the, the life that he's gone through and oh yeah battling cancer. So I have oh, that coming good. out. You got a piece of Marici too. What about Leva? Um, I do. I actually, you know what? You know what? I do have a piece on Leva too. You should write a piece about the DMs. <laughs> God, screenshots and all. My yeah. God, you guys. I, I, no, I, he would kill you. No, he would. I, 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 I don't know what to say, man. I, I just, at the end of the day, this. And this is a really good answer. I'll say this: the guy makes millions of dollars. I make peanuts. Okay, I got to make go to work. potato chips. Actually, yeah, exactly. I go to I'll work. Ketchup chips. Ketchup chips. Yeah. You're crying about a message from a guy who makes one percent of what you do in your whole entire life. Like, come on, go to work, go play, take my criticism, try to prove me wrong, and shut up. Like, honestly, like stupid. 
listen, we, we appreciate everybody. We appreciate everyone taking the time to watch us and listen to us. Uh, for those watching this live or replayed on YouTube, we will also be posting the audio only version. So make sure you check out our podcast, Calcio Connection on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, every single podcasting platform. You will find us there, Calcio Connection. And for those who are listening to this, Keep in mind, you might want to look at the live video because whenever, you know, we talk a little shit to one another, it's nice to be able to look each other in the eyes here through the uh, through the old <laughs> stream yard system. So you can watch our videos oh, on YouTube as well. So it's it's a lot of fun. So thank you guys so much. Uh, we will talk to you again next time on another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. Ciao. Yeah, Roma Merida, they stink. <laughs> <laughs>